0: يا شرطه دق <تصفيق> صوتك يلا ارحل يا بشر يلا ارحل يا بشر
1: Hey, y'all. Welcome to this bonus episode of What Happened to Syria. I'm the host, Sean Hastings. I'm joined by a guest co-host, my good friend, Ali Missy, from the podcast we host together, In Hindsight, A Look Back at the 2010s. And today we are joined by an esteemed gentleman by the name of Mr. Suhail Al Ghazi. I really hope I just said your name right.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Yes, he said it right.
1: How are you today, sir? And what got you involved in the Syrian revolution?
2: Uh, hi, Sean and, and Oli. Thank you so much for being on your podcast. Uh, I'm really happy to be. Uh, I'm good. And uh, how I started is going back to 10 years. Uh, I, I was in Damascus. I, I'm from Damascus. I was in Damascus when it happened on March 15th uh even before when the when the arab spring started in tunisia in egypt in libya and yemen i i was hoping that something like this would happen in syria and i had my own opinions and ideas about it uh i do remember passing by the first thing like it was a bit strange for me as someone who lived all of all his life in syria where there is absolutely no protest, no kind of political activity. When I passed near the Libyan uh, embassy in Damascus, in Abu Burmana neighborhood, where I have seen the people who were gathering for support of uh, the, uh, the Libyan people who, uh, in their uh, uprising against uh, dictator Gaddafi. And uh, at that time, this was the first time I've seen something, aside from the pro-regime uh, uh, rallies that we have we all were first forced to go when I was younger. I was at school, and uh, that's. And then later, uh, you could hear like some people talking around in small in their inner circles about something like this could happen to Syria, and you could see a lot of people thinking that this would never happen. March 15 was was maybe just another normal day in the lives of people of Damascus, and for me, when the when there was a protest broke out in al-harika in a na- neighborhood in damascus following after a police officer assaulted one of the people who who work in that uh, in that market uh, al-harika is one of the most ancient markets in damascus city, it's in the ancient uh, ancient uh, city and uh, and then like just in a matter of maybe 15 or 20 minutes there were almost hundreds of people around. They haven't said anything about like demanding the fall of regime or anything. They were just reman- demanding a little bit of justice, and they were chant- chanting uh, "thieves" because the police officers, especially in that area, were known to be corrupt ones, and they would uh, would like raid some of the shops to take some money or even. Even like, you know, for what they call it, illegal parking of cars or whatever. And uh I was nearby. I was near the area, but I wasn't there. I was like maybe two or three kilometers away. And I hid the news and I wasn't being able to actually sure about it. Because at one point, uh like maybe a week or two before, there were also other rumors that there were some kind of protests in other parts of Syria, but were never confirmed. And uh, that, uh, and, and I heard it, and then actually, like I think two or three hours later, I've seen a video. As I remember, it was on Al Jazeera, and I actually like I was thinking like this is actually start, this is happening now in Syria, and maybe it's one, and no one is like you know chanted anything against the government or or thing, and when the the, the minister of interior came. The people just like, you know, he talked to them in a peaceful way, no, no threats. And the people, maybe after he's talking like 10 or 15 minutes ago, they left. That I mean, when I heard all these details, I was thinking that, you know, it, this is happening now and this is, this will develop more.
0: Can you like give us a uh, sort of like, can you tell us a bit more about uh, your own sort of feelings and like your own thoughts uh, when, you know, obviously the, the protest happens on March 15th in Damascus, and then a couple of days later, the events in Daraa as well. Like, w- w- obviously, I-, I, don't know whether you participated or not, um, in, in releasing the, the Damascus protest, but as a resident of Damascus and, and a Syrian, like, ha- when, when all of these things were happening, and you realized that the Arab Spring had finally reached Syria, like, what were your emotions what were your thoughts like about how this is all going to play out and about the regime's response as well because it was quite heavy-handed in dara
2: yes uh, in dara i do i do remember like uh, one day maybe on the 16 or the 17 i spoke with a friend from dara and i've seen him in damascus and we were like uh talking in private and they were told him like about the politics he was also Supporting the other protests in in uh, in uh, in Egypt and Libya and Tunisia, and then he was saying that there is in Daraa there is there is an anger because the uh, because some people some families have uh, have have uh, trying to try to to tell the regime to release some of their det- detainees, but they weren't. The regime didn't accept that he didn't have much of like information at that time and me, neither do i and then later i think uh the on the eighteenth we started knowing when the story broke out that of the about the children in dara the and then the and then the first protest we we have like you know connected the dots i was in damascus and the uh, the one of the 18 was the 18 of dara was actually something uh, very was interesting because for the people for all of the people in syria because the one that happened in damascus was was like you know a little bit small it happened and finished within like maybe 40 or 45 minutes but the one in Dara, we have seen only, I mean, I do remember, I think there was like only three videos that have been repeated on Al-Jazeera and Arabia. And there was another uh, entire regime channel uh, in, in Europe. I think it was in London. It was called Barada channel. And I remember that those three only, like three videos are only being repeated. What people thought at the beginning is that some kind of a disagreement between the two, two families or two clans in Dara. That's what some of the, like, you know, pro-Regime people are trying to push. That there is only this thing and there was like a family feud and they tried to do, like, you know, to, to hit each other. And the police got in between the middle. And what you hear is shooting is just one of, one of the families got a gun and started shooting at the other. That's also how the dreams is like, you know, said about when the Kurdish, Kurdish uprising in 2004. That it was only um, a football game, and you know the fans got to against each other, and there was like some family feud because of tribes, and so, and there was, and that's why like a couple of people were killed. That's what the regime, you know, uh, people were saying, were trying to, to 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 like you know to sell it. And then later we could have seen that you know there there was news of people who were injured, and so and. The people actually like later when they seen the the media and they see that the, the tv they actually realized that it was something uh bigger than that and uh and the story of what's what they call the family feud it was it was never believed by the people and that's what what actually in my opinion what made people and also for me believe that that it is a protest in that the, the the regime media never spoke about it, not even in like TV or radio or, or or newspapers. They didn't say anything about it, which made sense. that this is some, this is was anti-government. And then later, I met he, I met a friend from also from Darao two days later, and he was confirming me. And he had he told me and other friends like we were like three people, and he told us that the whole story about how the kids who wrote something on the wall and the kids were uh, uh detained and the families when they try when they asked the, the the regime to release it the, the what the what the uh, intelligence commander had told them and, and that they decided to go after the uh after the Friday prayers to to actually like, you know, demand uh, demand the, their sons to release. To be released, and they were thinking of going to the nearby intelligence headquarters, but it seems that the, the the regime knew about that and tried to stop them in the way. That what that's when we when we saw that it, we realized that no, this is not just uh, like you know uh, some kind of. Uh, uh, of, like, a family feud, or even, like, you know, people just want uh, a problem for water, electricity, or something like this. No, we realize that those people are actually, like, going against the gene, going against the most feared instrument of their gene, which is the intelligence.
1: And, correct me if I'm wrong, but was, wasn't this what led to the, the standoff at the Omari mosque a few days later?
2: Yes, exactly, because... The people have they they went back from the protest and there were injured people and there were people who were killed and then they decided to do a sit-in in an Omri mosque and at that time the the people uh, when, the, when the when the first two murders were killed uh, it just united all, all the families all the people of Tara, because everyone that you know felt the sorrow of this. But everyone, because in Islam and in the in the in the in the tradition of people from Syria and even other country, other other areas like in Dara and other areas, if that everyone would go for the for the funeral prayer prayers. So everyone decided that you know whatever whatever happened, whatever our about like ideas, or opinion about the regime or anything, we have to go, because that is something uh, we it's it's our tradition. So people went. And they did, and they did the prayer and they took uh, the, the murders to the, and the funeral, like it went. And then a lot of people decided to go back to the mosque and actually try to, like, you know, do not only some people in their ideas to do a sit-in, but some kind of a small protest. And they decided that to do it from the Omari Mosque because it's, it's not only like, you know, famous in that, it's, it's famous. All over Syria because it's one of the most like it's most ancient mosques. I mean, one maybe the like uh, uh, famous only like not only in Syria but also around like the Arab countries. So they decided to go back there, and that's when the when the sit-in happened, and that's when the when the regime they tried to go storm the mosque and take them, and then the. Uh, and then, like, there was a shooting, the regime tried to shoot and ambush them, and they have killed some of them, and they have uh, arrested others. So, after that, after that night, the, the next day of Daraa, it was almost as, uh, and not only Daraa, in other parts of Syria, when the news got broke out, especially on social media at that time, it was almost like silence in all of this, uh, in, in all Syria, and people were just, like, you know, thinking that something like this happened in the 80s this is the 80s again because the regime just go into a place of prayer a place of peace a place of religion and doesn't respect respect it and just go and kill the people there like this and then and then the next day i do remember there was a very there was a small similar a protest that happened in an umai mosque in umayyad mosque and uh, and it was like you know it, it ended uh, fast because there were a lot of purging people there there have been some arrests, and i do remember that like later it developed the people there were uh human rights activists and, law- and lawyers were protesting in front of the ministry of interior uh building which is near the area of umayyad mosque and the, for the release of the, of the people and this is in and, damascus uh, right Yes, it's in Damascus. Yeah. So and and that's the, also like the the regime, uh, like uh, police also beated some and they arrested some of them.
0: And so through this period in March, there were protests arising uh, in Syria. Uh, what was what was the atmosphere like in these protests and what was like the main messages? Because I know when Assad addresses the. Parliament, things change quite dramatically. So, like, what? Yeah, what was the, um, what was the sentiment and the feeling of of people and yourself prior to that speech, and then like, what changed for you after that?
2: Uh, people know that the the intelligence commander who was responsible for those all this issue is al technology. He is the cousin of, uh, of Assad. And people at that time they heard that Assad has checked his cousin out uh, uh, and he demoted him. There was this talking, but it wasn't also very confirmed. And then they and, and the protest started to go a little bit in other parts of the country. There was in Vanias, there was in Homs, and there were like a small one in Damascus countryside. And actually, and there were always uh, other protests that happening in there. And then later, the the regime has like Assad went to the parliament, and people were, were thinking, oh, he is gonna at least say like you know there are corruption and we need some we do have to do some little bit of change and promise actually promise something. But then later, everyone was like shocked by 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 half an hour or forty minutes of his talking of, of his speech because he never he never acknowledged anything. He had just repeated what he had been saying all the time. You know, for me, I have always seen Assad as someone who, when he do his speeches or talking, he always used so much sophisticated language that even some people of the regime, like supporters actually annoyed by that. And at that time, <laughs> it was so obvious that he actually like say he he goes around the the idea, he used a, a very strange like you know uh, like wording of of the of the speech. That even like sometimes people just cannot come up like cannot understand what he wants, and then he is out of nowhere saying all oh, these people are germs and we're gonna like be like you know we're gonna kill those germs and the, and and this stuff and people were just think like at that time they were shocked that what everything's happened and everything you could have done you can just you can only came up with germs like this is this is, was like another. Uh, another signal that he is like he cannot understand what the situation and he cannot uh, Do anything more so when people heard this and they and they were like, I, I think at that time there was maybe like 20 people confirmed killed throughout the protest uh, as I remember people were actually thinking well This is not gonna change and with that now we have to do something more and they actually like after that speech uh, I do remember that everyone just like uh, i think they took the many people took the decision maybe many people thought like oh he not go he, he didn't say anything good and that and dark days are ahead
1: i i once tried to read an english language translation of that speech and it's utterly unreadable
2: <laughs> exactly i mean i have i have read it when i was uh, like in in the school and in university and they will put it, like you know, in the books. And it, I always thought, like you know, it, this is this is too much, I and mean, you can no one can understand that, especially if you want to put it for a kid for like a sixteen or fifteen years old kid.
1: Yeah, it's the rambling of a desperate con artist.
2: Exactly.
1: Would you agree that like that speech greatly exacerbated tensions and perhaps um, contributed contributed to the uh, conflict that played out afterward?
2: yes uh, of course i mean the people saw it uh, clearly they were uh, they they were saying it clearly that there is a a, a person speaking and very dis- like disattached like, dis- from the uh from the reality and people were saying in their like inner circles is that he could have done he could have you chosen another language he could have uh, said something different but be, but because they didn't say it, he just like you know through the germs and whatever and like those words actually it was a breakthrough for many people especially people who were involved like their family some of the people they know who have killed or uh, detained or anything at that time they were they they just like you know they took it as a signal that he's not gonna back down so they had to take it to maybe another level they have to mobilize more of the people of their areas to do more the protests
0: and and yeah how did those how do those protests manifest um on the street did the i guess there there were more protests uh, in different locations and with greater numbers uh, so yeah like what 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 happened yeah
2: uh, it started like later there was the famous thing in banias when in in al in a in the village where there was a smaller protest and then there was a video leaked to uh, arabic news channels and even like i, I think pbc uh, post uh, like shared it uh, it was the uh, it was when the regime uh, uh like soldiers or intelligence uh, uh, personnel were like stumbling over the protesters and civilians and then they and then they were saying that this is do uh, you want freedom? This is the freedom you can uh, you deserve it and it was a very humiliating one uh, a Very humiliating video and shocked a lot of people and it was uh, it when it was shared It, it was said that it's in Alveda. It's in Syria. This area is in the home's countryside And then the regime just said that this is not happening in Syria This is actually an old video uh, in Iraq by the Bashmerka. And some people, like you know, who are pro gym or like you know, like non sided they actually like both. They were like they believed it. And then the the guy who uh, who was appeared in, the, in one of the videos, he put his ID and his and in the same area where where this incident had happened. And he said, "This is me, and this is the area, and this is uh, this was here in Syria, and it wasn't done by Bushmerek." And it it shocked a lot of people because they were they, they 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 saw how much the regime is willing to go to lie and and saying oh like you know it, it's not happening and so more time like you have, could have seen more protests in some other areas it it went in Latakia it went in Banias, and it went in started in Damascus countryside in uh, Daraa, almost all the main towns and villages and cities were like uh, also mobilized uh, you could hear also about protests in East Syria but in Aleppo city there was not much there was also uh, like i think two or three towns in Idlib where there already there was uh, protests I think it was just Rishugur and uh, uh and Khan uh, Sheikhoun, as as i remember uh, and and uh, but you haven't seen anything yet in Hama. Uh, you haven't seen anything yet in Aleppo, and in Damascus city, there was only the one of the fifteen and and the six and I think the nineteen. There was uh, there was at that time there was no other protest inside the city.
0: Thank you. Um, and and so when did you first go out on your like yeah when did you first go out on, onto the street? Um, was this around the same
2: time, or was it a little bit after? Uh, no, I, th- I I went uh, a little bit after because, uh, as I said, like you know, uh, uh, at that time there was not much in uh, in 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 Dama- in Damascus, and I knew that traveling to there would be a little bit maybe dangerous, uh, and I thought that that would not be a good idea. So I was thinking that. I would wait until there was a protest that would come to uh, near me or like in, in Damascus where I can go easily. But at that time, uh, not many people knew that when the protest is going to be. And uh, there was only like a handful of people would know who goes out from, from the mosque or something when they would like to start it. So when I uh, where I was living, uh, there was no such thing. There was the mosque for all silence. After the, the Friday prayer. So I decided I was thinking that I may have to go to another area and to go in the process there because that will be the better. So I think I went in, uh, in mid, um, April. I think I went in mid May that the first thing I happened, it was in, uh, in mid May in Damascus.
1: Uh, which
2: area of Damascus? Sorry. Uh, it was in Berze, in Damascus, uh, in Damascus city. It's a little bit on the north.
1: Like how, how would um how would you um, how would you describe the experience of uh, participating in one of those protests for the first time?
2: It was it was something that uh, it was very energizing for me. It was strange and very energizing for me. Uh, so at that time, you you at that time for myself, I wasn't very sure that the person maybe next to me is actually entire regime or someone from the regime intelligence just like seeing the faces and so i have this moment of doubt at the beginning that like you know maybe signed a little bit behind uh nowhere to run and the stuff and then later I, I i've seen everyone all like who was there no one like just standing everyone was talking everyone was chanting everyone was participating so I I forgot everything about like what I, the steps or I want to do for security thing like I found an exit and doesn't show my face or anything. and then like, like I almost forgot it. It took us like a, a half an hour or fourteen minutes before the people were started saying that the intelligence like uh, personnel are, are are closed and then and people have to leave. so I left and I know I know the area because I've been there a lot of time. And, uh, I had left and I took another, uh, like a shortcut street to another area where there was nothing happening. And, uh, and then, like, I, re- I, I felt like after I left it, I felt that that's something that is like a life changer, uh, step that I have, I had just like went through. I have been in my country there and I have been in a protest in my country against the, the regime. And I actually, and maybe like started doing something, or actually started uh, being more participating. Not only social media, not only like uh, maybe talking to myself or talking to closer friends. No, this is actually something is happening now, and uh, and I, I will I want to be more part of it.
1: You're taking part in history.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: So were they saying things like God, Syria, freedom, or what kind of chants were they were
2: they chanting? Yes, at that time there were like a lot of the time there was the the guy Syria and freedom. There have been not a lot of uh, stuff like against Assad himself or like asking Assad to leave. So I do remember that this is what most of the people were saying, and they were like sometimes types of chanting that the the, uh, uh, the people demand the fall of the regime and uh, and, uh, and 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 like the fall of Assad but most of the time they were asking like they were talking about other areas so you say like hail uh, or or support to Dara or support to home support to this uh area or that area and and like you know people were actually like when they were like you know most of the time they were they were like uh going more louder is when the, when the murders when they are talking about the, the like sometimes the names of the people who were killed uh, around Syria when they were saying them and then th- that's when you feel that people like like they would go louder maybe when they want when they were when they were talking about the murders.
0: And what other activity as well as protesting did you participate in at the time? Um, at
2: the time there was there was only the protest, and I haven't. Uh, I I was choosing like uh, specific places where I would go and would not go because I decided I would not go near a place where I live in. Maybe in case someone would recognize me. And at that time in Damascus, there have been been a lot more than protests. Uh, at that time in Al-Maidan, after after a little bit, the the protests were in Al-Maidan neighborhood. In Berze and in Kabun neighborhoods. That's those were the main where the neighborhoods in we're talking like the the vicinity Damascus city vicinity. But they are also like in 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 Duma in Harasta in 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 other areas also if Eastern Ghuda, there were small protests. So I decided that if I would go to protest, I would go to these protests, and I realized that just going to the protests and seeing someone and tell him, oh, I want to be involved that's not going to end well because the person no one is going to like there is no mutual how do you say uh trust between people at that time when it comes to this so i was thinking that i would go to protest uh sometimes and i would i would like maybe w- wait for an opportunity where i could actually do something uh, i tried to see some of my friends and they were also uh, like the same uh, but some of them were like living in other in this neighborhoods, so we couldn't like always be going to the same protest, maybe together. But at that time, uh, my, my my inner circle was was small, and I had and I didn't do any other activity other than protest.
0: Okay. And uh, did you you said you said about your friends? Uh, did I think your friends obviously, like you said, were going on protests as well? Um, what what was their uh, sort of perception of the whole situation, and just uh, something else to add after after that? Did you make any friends at the other protests that you went to in other areas of Damascus?
2: Um, no, I haven't made any friends. As I said, of, like people wouldn't very much be trusting uh, at that time because they knew that the regime tried to infiltrate the, the, the protests and, and people who are like behind the protests. My friends were having this, my friends were similar to me. They were coming from a middle class family in Damascus and they have very similar like opinions when it comes to Syria, to a new Syria and anything. And when it started also, they were, uh, when they, they, they did protests in, in, in Syria, they were also saying, oh, we want to do and we have, we want to, to participate. And so, so we sat me and like four of, Five of my friends, like I trust them a lot because I know them for years and we decided that uh, maybe try to see to see when there will be a protest and then if we were to go to to this area or another. So we were just like uh, we were just going to uh, uh, like on Friday uh, to mosque in in those three neighborhood I just mentioned, Al-Maidan, Al-Khabun and Berza. And we were thinking that if we do not know where it's coming from, where, where it will start, then we just go to the Friday prayer in this mosque, in mosques, there area, these areas. And you have seen something like, you know, we can like, you know, participate in it. And then later, like, we realized there was always, there was also like main mosques in, especially in al town that there were always protests, so we decided to, to go there. And then later, one of my friends, uh, through a through a, a friend of him, he was actually told, telling him that people of his local from Berza, and he was telling him that in Berza there was like you know there is talking about the protest at this time at this date. So we decided to follow this uh, like this tip and 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 we went and uh, and participated.
1: Can you describe for the listeners? Um what what kind of risks were the protesters taking? What kind of dangers did they face? We've mentioned, you've mentioned the regime killing people. Um, at the risk of sounding a little too blunt, when, how soon did they start shooting people?
2: I mean, at the beginning in Damascus, there haven't been shooting directly to the protesters. There have been shooting in the air. Uh, there's a neighborhood, is, uh, is a local neighborhood, a local resident, like, you know, who lived there. And there is a next to it, a neighborhood that informal settlement where many of the people, uh, of, uh, of the army, of, uh, of the, uh, of the intelligence or the police they were living in. So you would understand that this area is actually, you know, uh, a loyalist area that they wouldn't accept those protests nearby and they would try to do something. I'm not talking about sectarian here. I'm just talking that this is area, uh, because in, in like in this area of Damascus, there have been a lot there are other like you know uh, army bases and intelligence bases and so so it so like i do remember that when the, in the in the in the in this protest in bernie people were saying that that the the others the loyalists are gonna come and they're gonna shoot and they will most of the time they try to arrest people and be careful not to like you know be walking alone, maybe two or three, if you are, like, uh, passing by, or leaving the protest, so they will not, like, take you. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and uh, and I do remember that later there have been shootings in some uh, other parts of Damascus, in al Kabun for example, and also later in Al-Maidan. And then I have seen that there was, like, you know, uh, how the regime is doing it. So most of the time there will be the protest, and uh, coming from a mosque, there will be some people who will support the regime They try to like stop the people. Uh, sometimes the 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 imam of the mosque will try to tell the people don't do anything of the mosque. Sometimes they wouldn't do it, and then later they would people would protest. They would go out from themselves. Maybe they would realize like in ten fifteen minutes they don't need to stay out more, and then they will go. Because they, this at one point the regime was ready always to move, but this, like you know, it wasn't very like you know, starting in every mosque there have been maybe one hundred riot police uh, waiting. This which wasn't very happening a lot because there have been a lot of mosques in the same area and almost everyone like would go to the Friday prayers. So there, there, so there was the uh, uh, at the beginning there was uh like you know the the anti-riot police who are like wearing a formal uh, like uh no uniform they were just like regular clothes they would have sticks and they will go to beat like protesters some of them would have knives uh there there was uh, i remember most in the master there have been the use of the tear gas and uh, there sometimes you would hear like shooting in the air but nothing no shooting at the people but then later I've been shooting onto people. there have been also later something uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say it in, in English, it's called like something like a nail bomb. So oh yeah from, yeah, so you shoot it from a device and then they like you know the nails would go around. Like an IED. a lot of it. Yes like, yes, exactly. So that was the people with that. I've seen it in Maidan. It was horrible because it, it was just like stuff falling from the sky. Jeez. I almost got hit like by, by one, and I've seen people falling. By it. when? When was so that? Have, uh, I do remember at, uh, it was uh, July. That's the first time I've seen. I've seen the this uh, this nail thing in two thousand eleven. Uh, yes, yes, July two thousand eleven. Wow, and. Uh, yeah, and and they saw like you know shooting at this stuff, but there was also the regime arresting, and that's something that's the, the worst because uh, because this means that the person the, the the detainee will go to the intelligence and will be tortured and will be probably killed under torture, and also like you know they would go to the people they would go sometimes to the families, friends, and uh, and like everyone maybe this person interacted with. So that was one of the Worse uh, things to happen and actually people would say that, you know If you just like maybe you got shot or not got shot But like got beaten and you just like, you know avoided being arrested that that's mean that they actually the riot police or the Or the police actually liked liked you to let you go huh. uh, When there was any kind of injury at that time there have been always you cannot go to the hospitals because the hospitals are Like they will report you immediately was someone coming with a, with a bullet wound, that's obviously someone who's the protest, so get him. And yeah. people would go sometimes, yeah, and people sometimes go to the private hospitals or uh, in serious, like, you know, clinics where doctors would treat them. And also sometimes just go to houses to, to like, you know, to gain this uh, the, the medical help they needed.
1: So even from, like, the earliest days, not even the hospitals were safe.
2: Yes, I mean, the, the general hospital, like the public hospital, were never safe at all. And no one, like, you know, uh, would think about, like, you know, got shot and go there. Because maybe people would just be killed right there in the ambulance, not like even arriving to the hospital. Later, some private hospitals, like, you know, maybe some of them, maybe there is a doctor and nurse who could provide it a little bit. But then later it didn't happen like this and people were just like doing it at their homes and uh, and like doctor's clinic and then it happens what with the regime it's just like uh, a crackdown on doctors or medical students it was just horrible uh you have absolutely like you could see the, the regime just going into clinics in syria it's different from other countries the doctors they have their own clinics like small one uh maybe Two rooms or something like this. So the regime will just go and will see the 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 doctor if there was have been any like blood or any operation recently and uh, a lot of time they will just arrest them, especially if a doctor is passing through provinces uh, like a hot Spots where there are protest ads and see someone not with a medical supply only like could be a doctor or is a doctor they would have arrested him at that time. It was very important because they wanted, the regime wanted to understand like this is some kind of underground network of the of doctors and nurses who have been treating the protesters, and they had to get it because they need to know this uh, this network so they would need to arrest everyone responsible for this.
0: And um, uh, about the arrests and and the torture, um, did you? Uh, come across any cases where, you know, you may have been or your friends may have been arrested. Or did you hear about certain instances, like on the street, uh, when, when people get arrested and like their, their, their tale basically gets, you know, told, um, to you as well?
2: Um, I mean, I have heard from my friends who were coming from other areas such as like friends who were coming from Dara or these areas where there was uh, arrest. Uh, I was hearing, I mean, I was hearing at that time that there were, have been uh, like the, what's happening with these arrests. So the people would just be, uh, how did you say, uh, like, you know, would go for specific people sometimes. Uh, they have names, uh, they want to go for it. And other times they were just like, uh, how do you say, uh, we'll just like, you know, someone passing my checkpoint, they would arrest them. Uh, talking in Dara, in Dara, most of Dara are like big clans and big families. So you always have, you could have always many people with the same sort of name. And Many people, even with the with the like, you know, the same name. So Muhammad Jawabra, for example, or something like this. So there has been also like, you know, also arrest because the name is, is just very similar to someone to the name of wanted, and they were just arrest. And uh, I, I guess until uh, until uh, June, I, I I knew of someone I knew who was arrested, but was released in Damascus. but Was released within like uh, five or six days. Uh, i knew the person to my knowledge the person was in the but he wasn't planning on on going to protest uh, but at that day when he was arrested uh, and he was like released later after his family paid a lot of money and they could like you know talk to a lot of a lot of people uh, to release him and that's what that was like the how do you say uh, that the first like you know confirmed case of someone being arrested
1: so um so- so sahil i I saw you post on Twitter a while back that you yourself were also arrested at one point are you comfortable do you feel comfortable talking about that
2: yes i uh, i i was arrested twice in um in two thousand and twelve and in two thousand thirteen okay uh, i i i i- I, I, t- I talked about it on on my twitter and i i i'm okay with talking about it now
1: yeah i I've read a couple of the threads you posted. Um, holy shit, man! I wanted to backtrack a little bit. Um, I, I don't mean to sound like I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm defending Assad, but I am curious. What was the pro-Assad side saying in March 2011? Did, did you know anyone who was maybe a supporter of the regime? How were they reacting to the protests? Oh,
2: I, I've known. Uh, first, of, I have seen. Uh, I have known a lot of people from the regime. And they have like from different social and sectarian background. There were people from middle class, there were people from upper class and also at that time. And some of them changed their, their, their opinions later. And some of them, of course, they didn't. So at, the, at that time, they were always saying, oh, well, look at Libya. There have been a lot of fight thing. And there has been a lot of, uh, of a lot of like stories and talking that no one may be uh, able was to, to verify that. Uh, so, like you know, in Libya, they have, they have the the cities started fighting each other, and there have been a lot of bloodshed. And the uh, and the and the USA is getting their oil and stuff. And the Egypt is the same. They were saying, "Oh, look at Egypt! They have they have like you know the the thieves went to the museums and this and the homes of the people." It was like it was it was always saying that you know if something like this is gonna happen here, it always ended like this. Whatever is gonna if, or something happening here this means that this happened worse because there have been a lot of like you know violence and and so so at, at the beginning everyone was saying this we don't want something like this to happen because this is like a conspiracy uh those people are just lying and this stuff and then later they decided to go maybe with them like a little bit smarter uh, way of talking about this issue so they were actually saying that uh, yes, they need to change, but the, the change is not going to come like this uh, How could you change when you are attacking the police and the intelligence? And how could be change? How could be a change when you are getting money from? USA and, and Saudi Arabia and, and all of these countries so they have they, they were like they were scared of the change and They were trying to maybe to lie to themselves and to lie to the other people that that by saying this, they can, like, you know, save themselves or actually maybe convince some people not to go. And I do remember at that time, like, I would see from the, from my friends, from the family members, everyone had uh, a heated discussion about this uh, issue with people they know. And most of the time it's, it was like, you know, uh, a discussion that uh, is not going to end well, maybe for some people. Uh, some people at that time would lose friends. I, for me, I knew some people, uh, the, the pro gene I, I was, I wasn't trying to get into an argument with them because I wasn't maybe thinking at that time that, yes, I could, I have known them for some time and maybe I can trust them that they are pro gene but they are not like, you know, inform me. But then I was like, no, I don't know the odds. I, I don't want to like, uh, play with the fate here. It's maybe they're gonna, uh, like, you know, report me or maybe they are not gonna, uh, like, you know uh Hurt me or hurt my family. So I decided at that time not to argue with anyone and at that time You just be really like, you know going go to the market or going to uh, on public transportation And there is someone always like, you know started talking like ah oh, the situation is not good And so when you always be sure 100% and there's no same person Anti-regime would just go around talking publicly saying this, this must be someone, this, this must be an informant and they like waiting for people uh, to like to reply and so he could like inform on them.
0: And so obviously uh, come July and the regime is starting to see some serious defections from from the military apparatus. Uh, And like, there were, you know, there was actually fighting going on rather than just protests, but there was a militarization happening, um, as well. What, what were your initial thoughts on that as well? Um, because obviously it took us down to the path that we have now. Um, and perhaps it wasn't an inevitability. Um, but, but yeah, what, what were your initial thoughts when you saw these things starting to emerge?
2: Um, I think that the, the topic of armed rebellion and the, uh, uh, or not, this have been a question for the past 10 years for Syrians and maybe for people outside Syria. Uh, I have a lot like, you know, at that time I was thinking that it's going to be something like Libya where the people will protest and then later they would take up uh, arms and they will be fighting. And that of course will be supported by defectors from the regime, from the army, but I, but i have seen i mean i have seen the army at that time and i've known it as a syrian that uh the, the the power of the army is always centered by the people that the regime trusts them so much so no way that these people will just go their whole division or their whole base for example will be defected and that didn't sound like you know something that the the the, the regime officers who have been there for 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 years uh they would do something like this, but I've been hearing from the people from like other areas where they, they the people like the, the, the young men have been defecting. And most of them they were doing their military service, but many of them were actually like, like you know were uh, were like you know, soldier part of the of the army. And this uh, and this was also like you know it was a good sign uh, that not the whole army is as corrupt as you as I thought. And it was a good sign that. It, it it's not uh, as bad as everyone thought and there is always like, you know, there are good people in the army that could have done something later uh, and I think maybe by 2012 uh, maybe uh, people who wanted to defect, they have already defected and they just like, you know uh, the others have supported this and then when there was the formation of the Free Syrian Army uh, when it happened, especially in in uh, in homes in in parts of damascus countryside in dara and also a little bit in idlib it was it was uh, it was something welcome because there were people were saying that those people are actually put their lives at stake uh, of of the defecting and they have to secure their families or even leaving some family members there knowing that the regime is going to come for their second cousins maybe but they were actually like uh, i think uh, the people at the beginning were highly respectful of those of, of those defected officers and soldiers because they did it knowing all these uh, uh, all all, all, this, all the the uh, threats behind it.
0: Were you not maybe a bit apprehensive of the route that was that was that Syria was going down?
2: Uh, I think um, the amount of protests that were all around the country because the east syria started to get more by july in this time also in aleppo uh what was what was the thing is that the regime obviously wasn't only anymore using uh, the police the intelligence and uh, and the muhabara like our or the army the police actually started mobilizing the the supporters by lies by and going it with more like a sectarian way so there have been uh, the, the the stories of of like uh, some people, uh, some like Shapihas or anything from the from the Alawite villages or Alawit towns. They would go and attack uh, the protesters of other neighborhoods of other areas, and and this not only against the protesters, but it was also against the locals of these areas. So it was obviously that there is like the like the regime when the regime started taking it to more sectarian way. I, I knew it from that time that this is going to be very difficult, and I knew that the plot shed is going to be much more uh, through the time. And uh, and I think, uh, uh, in my opinion, at that time, many people, when they have seen more of this stuff, they will they they realize that it's there is no turning point, and that they are thinking that this is going to be very serious. Uh, there was like some part of the anti-regime people who, are, who have been outside syria they started they all they started from one time saying a lot about sectarian issues but at that time there haven't been i mean such issues yes i mean everyone will know that the the the, the president is an alawit and the and the and the regime official are like 90 percent or 80 percent Alawite, but at that time people weren't thinking of like you know we are actually going and get the, the, the country back from the elevator. people were just thinking that, you know, we want to get something better for everyone But when the regime started enabling its sectarian issue from the beginning, it was uh, It was obviously that you know uh, it, uh, The regime that something that the regime realized that it need to play on and you know that the regime like uh was in it was under a threat to, to start using this thing. So I do remember in Homs there was the killing of someone uh, of an Alawic person by a protester and I think his name was Nidar Janud or Jalood something like this. And the regime regime media and social media have been talking about it all all the time. And saying oh and they like hinting that oh look you know, this is sectarian. This is a sectarian and i was thinking that you know while the loss of one person of course is is something unacceptable and then realized that this actually person like, like confirmed by people from home city that this person was trying to to attack the protester and they just got hold of him of course the the the, the photo of him like being injured and then later the death wasn't a good thing but but it, but the, the thing was exposed when the, when it turns out that even like his family and he, even like the people from his area said that he's a uh, intelligence. So the people realized that when the regime even tried to play on sectarian this issue, it got it got like exposed because maybe the same thing would happen for another person of the intelligence uh, from other sect like uh, Sunni or even a local from homes. And it's not uh, it's uh, it's it's obviously that the regime wanted to play it because he's an ally.
1: When when did that happen? When was that um, Alawi killed by a protester in Homs?
2: Um, I do not remember. Uh, okay. I I, I I sorry I cannot remember like you know, for sure. But uh, um, I think maybe it was. Uh, uh, I think it was April. I think it was April.
1: Okay. What's a question you feel like we should have asked you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: ah, that's a little bit tricky. Uh-huh. I mean, of course, it's like uh, it's a small thing. I mean, you cannot talk about the whole uh, issue. Um, right. I'm not going to say what question you could have asked me. I think I will just talk maybe at the beginning of the protest that uh, the protest when some people would think that, you know, just people, normal people got out for, uh, from the mosque in a to say stuff. So. it wasn't only at that time; it was like that. Uh, it was there was entire uh, regime activity that on the intellectual level. So at one point when there was some kind of a like a starting uh, the cutting the roads to Dara, and some of the parts in Dara, there was been uh, like uh, seen actors and actresses, and uh, and and the directors. They have uh, wrote a statement saying that. Uh, at least we can deliver baby formula to this area. That was what the statement was. And that was something interesting because it was people going out with their public names, because known publicly, and saying, like, you know, there there should be something like this. Uh, The same with other, like, intellectual known at that time. Uh, In Berze uh, uh, neighborhood protests, there have been... uh, an Alawite uh, uh, intellectual known for his anti-regime and has been uh, detained b- before. His name is Arif Dalile, and there was another woman uh, who is the granddaughter or the daughter of the of uh, of the D- Duru's, uh, prince. Uh, the uh, I think uh, I'm forgetting, and I think she was, she was Mahal Atroshi. Her her father was Sultan Bash. Who was leading the, the 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 revolution against the french occupation in the 1930s. so uh, they, uh, so those for example in, in other parts so it wasn't only part of like you know a, a protest around uh, around the around the country by, by just locals no it was something intellectual behind it There would have been uh, there were even like songs known the the yahif the, the one from the, from by sami it was i think uh like you know uh, published on on april or something like this and it was like something a lot of intellectual uh there was like uh, attempts to do protests inside universities there have been also important like uh lawyer syndicates. some of them they were also involved in it so i think uh, uh that's what many many people maybe wouldn't uh heard a lot about it they maybe when they hear about protesters they would see the protest videos they were been shooting and all those stories, but and not many people would realize that uh, there has been something also uh, uh, on the side happening, and, and uh, it shaped, in my opinion, the first uh, faces of the opposition, as 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 we can say. And
0: uh, just like one last question for me, um, what, what was your favorite chant to to shout uh, during? your time protesting?
2: Um, I always uh, like my favorite was when the people were just chanting in support for other uh, provinces or cities or neighborhoods that have been under, uh, under attack by the security forces. And uh, so like, you know, uh, support to homes, support to Dara, support to this stuff. Uh, It was always my favorite because it was a, a form of solidarity. Uh, a lot of time they would say other areas where uh, there haven't been protests or, or, or security as a way of saying to those people from this area that join us in our revolution. So you, do, oh, you also would see, hear the name of other areas, uh, of like the uh, Druze majority in Suweda, a uh, Christian majority, an Alawite majority, Kurdish majority. So you're always like hearing the people were saying, you no. Know, these areas under attack, and then they're asking the others to to do more to join the revolution, to, to join the protests with them. That's, in my opinion, was my was their favorite. And of course, like saying, um, uh, "God, Syria, and freedom" is, of course, everyone at that time was their favorite.
1: That, it sounds like that video of Sarut in like 2012, where he was leading that chant. And they're going, "Oh Dara, Homs is calling. Oh Dara." You ever see that yes, video?
2: exactly. Yeah, it was it was very similar. Like even at the beginning, it, it started for Dara from other areas, like as a solidarity with Dara, and then it went for others, and then they were also like you know uh, in the chance meant as like you know the uh, other areas in the countries to join the the uprising.
1: Well, Sahil, thank you so much for joining us today. We're, we're going to want you to come back on the show very soon. Ali, thank you for coming on as a guest co-host. This has Not been. For sure. This has been a bonus episode of What Happened to Syria. Thank you everybody who's listened. You can follow us on Twitter at Syriapod. You can email us at what happened to Syria Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting us at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash what happened to Syria. Zahail, again, thank you so much for joining us. We gotta do this thank again. You so much. We gotta do this again sometime soon. And yeah, shout out to our first patron on on Patreon, Jaeger DePato